Hello, I'm Rick Lancaster. Thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bible as we study through God's Word together. It's my hope that as we go through these messages that we will all grow in our understanding of God's Word. As we grow in our understanding, we'll also be better equipped to glorify God, bless others, and grow faith ours and others. If you have any questions about anything in this teaching, send me a message. I would love to connect with you. With that said, let's get into the Word and see what the Spirit would say to us today. Good morning, church. Blessing to see you all here on the first of our Christmas services. I love Christmas, right? Most people do. Most people love Christmas. Not everybody, but I do. There's something about this time of year that just seems to make the world a little more joyous, a little happier. People tend to be a little more joyous. Not always. Some people are just Grinches all year long. You know, there's, there's family gatherings, there's the, the giving and receiving of gifts, and this year, you can even come to church on Sunday, <laughs> you know, on Christmas Day. Isn't that kind of cool? Isn't that exciting? Yes. Yes. Somebody say yes. So, you know, let's just show a show of hands. Anybody going to be here? Okay, three people, good. Okay, we're going to do a church anyways. I've, you know, we've, see, we're 18 years into this church and it's happened, I think this, this might actually be the fourth time that it's happened. And guess what? Every time we do church, because we always do church on Sunday morning, right? Okay, whatever. <laughs> it's not uncommon that right after Halloween, that we start seeing stores start selling Christmas stuff, right? And then right after Thanksgiving we start to hear the Christmas songs, right? We go into stores, we, go, we just around, we start hearing the Christmas music, Christmas songs. And if you're like me, you know, you, you, you've been hearing and singing Christmas songs since you were small. I was, uh, just this last week, um, our grandchildren, Aurora and Harvey, um, had their little Christmas program at their, at their school, and, um, and just in case you're wondering, they were the best of everybody there. <laughs> now, these songs that, that we hear and we sing are as much a part of Christmas as any other part of Christmas, the different things that we do. We almost like if we didn't have the songs in the music, we would like, okay, what's going on here? It, it's just, it just adds to all of it. You know, one of the things that I like to do on Christmas Day is, is to put a video on the TV with a fireplace, because we don't have one, and Christmas music playing. So, you know, in all the activities, we've got a fireplace and, and Christmas music going. It's weird because the TV's up high, so the fireplace, is, it's weird. <laughs> anyways, we still do it anyways. So if you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 98. Psalm 98. Have you ever stopped to think about the message of those Christmas songs. That's what we're going to do today for, for our Christmas series, this message and the next two. 
in a series which I very creatively called The Songs of Christmas. That's good, huh? Tonight, tonight, what's my note says? Tonight, it's not tonight. We will begin with one of the most famous of all of the Christmas songs, Frosty the Snowman. No, just kidding. We're going to do Joy to the World. Before we do that, let's pray, and then we'll look at, we'll talk about the song. Heavenly Father, we come, and we ask the Lord for your, your ministry to our own hearts, each of us, as we come to this time and to this place, as we're in this season of Christmas, and uh, we, we understand why, what it's all about. As, as, as the church and, 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 and people of the church, we understand Christmas is all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. And your, Lord, we, we, we're in a world that is in growing increasingly distant from that reality and from that, from that knowledge. And so minister to our hearts, deep into our hearts, what do you want to say to us today about these things? And as we go about our days and go into the different stores and different activities that we do, and these songs are playing, Lord, that we would, that we would pause and take a moment and think about what the message of those songs. And as we look at this one, Joy to the World, we ask, Lord God, that you would help us to understand its true meaning, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The lyrics of Joy to the World were written by Isaac Watts, and they were not originally written as a song. They were part of a series of poems that he wrote that were that were um, written in relation to the, the Psalms of David. And he published it in 1719, like a lo- long time ago, 300 years ago, the lyrics of this song that we sing were written. But it took over 100 years for, before the poem was put to music. And the song that we sing, or some version of that song, and that was by Lowell Mason, in 1836. And since then, it's become, it has been one of the most popular Christmas songs of all time, and we hear it every year. Now, we all know Christmas is about Christ, right? And we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we go. We say, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? Say, yes, yes, that is the truth. And we celebrate Christmas, we are remembering the birth of Christ. And we ought to do that. We ought to remember. We ought to celebrate it. It is, the, it is one of the greatest events in human history, so we ought to take some time and think about it. We often refer to this time, some groups refer to this time as the season of Advent. Anybody grew up in a more liturgical environment? That's one of the things they do, the season of Advent. Advent, the word means the coming or arrival of something, or someone that is important or worthy of note. That's what the word Advent means, in case you're wondering. Words are important. They have meanings. Isaac Watts' poem was based on Psalm 98. He just took Psalm 98 and rewrote it as a poem. That's what all, that's, he wrote a whole bunch of them in, when he published that book of poems. It's not referring to the first Advent. It's not referring to the birth of Christ. It's actually referring to the second advent. 
to the second coming of Christ. And we'll get into that as we go. So we're going to look at Psalm 98, and we'll talk about that, and we're going to talk about why we should keep singing this song at Christmas time. Okay? You guys okay with that? All right, Psalm 98, verse 1 through 3. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gained him the victory. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness. He has revealed in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't, that many of the Psalms were actually written as songs. Matter of fact, if you, if you um, look up the definition of psalm, it refers to it as a sacred song or poem. So you can find them either way. In the heading of many of your Bibles, it might also tell you that certain of the psalms were, were meant to be sung to a particular tune, or it would describe the instruments that were meant to be played along with that, that psalm, that song. When, when Mason, or Lowell Mason, composed the song, Joy to the World, using Isaac Watts' poem, he didn't use the whole poem, he only used the, the, the latter part of it. So he left out these three verses out of it when he did it. Um, and it's obvious from the beginning of this psalm that it is, it, is, it is meant to be to express celebration. It's meant to be joyous. When we say joy to the world, that's what it's trying to communicate, that there is a time coming that is joyous and, and will be a time of joy. And it says here, he has done marvelous things, referring to God, referring to the Lord. He has done marvelous things. The word marvelous can also be translated miraculous has God done miraculous things? Yes. How many? A lot of them. A lot of them. The, vac the fact that you exist is miraculous. Rejoice in it. Many of the statements we see in the verses, first three verses could apply to Christ and could apply to his first coming. But not the last part of verse 3. The last part of verse 3 says, all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. It's not until Christ comes again will all the earth see his salvation. Not until he defeats his enemies and establishes his kingdom on this earth will that part of that verse be true. The rest of the, the lyrics, or the lyrics for the song that we sing come out of the last verses, verses four through nine. Let's read verse four. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth in song, rejoice, and sing praises. The, the reality of what God ultimately, we're referring to the second coming, what he's going to do, is going to be a source of great joy. Now, there was praising, maybe singing, on the night that Jesus was born. Luke 2, 13 and 14, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Praising could be in either just expressions of, of, of 
God's glory or in singing and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. I want you to notice again at the end of verse four in our text that, that or in, that, in that verse it says all the earth again. Very few people noticed when Jesus was born. When Jesus was born on the earth, there was not, that most, of the, most of the world was completely oblivious to it. He was born in that little town of Bethlehem in a, in a, in a, you know, in a stable with the animals. The shepherds in the field heard about it. There were some, some wise guys that would show up a little bit later. They knew something was going on. Eventually Herod knew something was going on, the religious leaders, but most of the world was oblivious to it. Even, even as Christ established his ministry and started going around, very few people out of Israel had any idea who he was. Most of the world was completely oblivious in the world today. There are people in the world today who have no idea who Jesus is. And that there are people in the world here who knew, know something about Jesus, but they don't, they, don't know, they don't know the right things about Jesus. When Jesus comes back in the second advent, the whole world is going to know who he is. They're going to know exactly who he is. And for those who are his followers, they're going to rejoice. It'll be, it'll be the time when the whole world will be able to sing in unison of the glory of God and the goodness of God and the love of God. When he comes back, Jesus will deal with the sin issue forever. Brother JJ, what a blessing to see you, my friend. I gotta focus, sorry. Verse five. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm, with trumpets and the sound of a horn. Shout joyfully before the Lord, the King. When Jesus was born in that stable, he wasn't very king-like. He was wrapped up in swaddling cloths. He was surrounded by who knows what was in that stable. It was kind of a very, it was a very humble, very meager place for the king of the universe to be born. Throughout his life, he did not act like a king. He did not, he did not seek the, the, the things of kingship. He didn't promote himself like a king. He himself said that he came from a, for a completely different reason than, than to be king. In Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. When Jesus came, it wasn't to establish himself as king. He came to serve. He came to be a servant, a servant of God, and the culmination of his service was the sacrificial death on the cross for all of our sins. It's at his second coming that the whole world will acknowledge, whether they want to or not, that Jesus is king. In Revelation 19, 16, it says, He has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. All the world. All the world, the Bible says, will bow before him. We know that they're not doing that now, right? 
Christ's enemies will not celebrate at his coming. But all of his people will. If you're one of his people, you will celebrate. Not only will God's people celebrate, but all of creation will celebrate along with them. Verses seven and eight. Let the sea roar in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. When sin entered the world, it wasn't just people who were affected by it. We know that, that humanity now is an infected with sin and it affects everything that we do in our lives. It affects the way we think, the way we act, the way we interact with each other. It just, it's just a mess. But it's not just us. Romans 8.22 says this, for we know that the whole creation, how much of the creation? All of it. That means everything that God created, all of it is also, it says, groans and labors with birth pangs and together until now all of creation is longing for the day that Jesus comes back and fixes this mess. Now, there's some interesting language here. You know, the, the, the seas roar and, the, and all that. You know, we can understand how the waves might sound like roaring, but the rivers clapping their hands and the hills being joyful is not so easy to understand, right? You know, nobody's ever looked out at the hills and seen them skipping and hopping around and, you know, doing all that stuff. We know it's symbolic language, but we, we can't really be certain what the symbolism is pointing to, except to say that the world is going to be overwhelmed and joyous over the fact that the sin issue has been dealt with. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Christ. And as believers, we ought to go all in in the celebration. I think we ought to, we ought to, we ought to, we ought to do it big. The Bible teaches us that Jesus' birth had a purpose. And, and when we say Jesus is the reason, we've got to, we've got to pause for a moment and remind ourselves what the purpose of his birth was. Because he didn't come just to be born. He came to actually be someone, to do something, and it's important that we acknowledge that and recognize that. In 1 Timothy 1.17, it says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that, Jesus, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And if you're saved here this morning, it's because Jesus was born he lived, he died for your sins, and was raised again. Before he left, before he ascended back to heaven, go, to, go back to his father where he came from, he told his disciples that he was coming back. John 14, one through, one through three. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you, you, believer. He's preparing a place for you right now. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. Is that a promise? Yes. There, that where I am, there you may be also. God always keeps his promises. When Jesus said it, it was an absolute. He's coming again. 
Now, that's good news for God's people. Say amen. That's good news for God's people. Not so good for those who are not God's people. I think it was Randy that alluded to it. Jesus came to save sinners. He is the only way to save sinners. And that's one of the things the last verse here tells us. Verse 9, For he is coming to judge the earth. With righteousness he shall judge the world and the peoples with equity. So another reason why we know this can't refer to the first coming because when Jesus came, he did not come to judge the world. He came to save the world. All of the bad things that are going on in the world, and, and we can, and, you know, unless you're living in a cave on top of a mountain, in which case you wouldn't be listening to this message, that there are bad things happening. The day is coming when Jesus is going to come back. And once and for all, he's going to deal with all that stuff. And that will be a day that all the earth will know his salvation. All the earth will recognize him as king. All the earth will rejoice. And not just the people of the earth, but the earth itself will rejoice which personally is one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing because that's got to be weird. And it's on that day that we will, with all of creation, be able to sing the song Joy to the World and to sing it with absolute abandon and know that it applies to this moment. Does that mean that we shouldn't treat this as a Christmas song? Even though it doesn't talk about the birth of Christ, it's not referring to the birth of Christ. It's referring to Psalm 98, which is referring to the second coming, the second advent. Should we still sing it as a Christmas song? Yes. Why? Cuz. <laughs> no, we're going to have a little bit more than cuz. That's what I would say to my grandson. Cuz. No, I wouldn't do that. In a couple of minutes, I'm going to invite David and the worship team to come back up and lead us in the song, Joy to the World, as we close this service. Joy to the World is about the second coming of Christ. But you can't have a second coming unless there was a first coming, right? And so when we sing Joy to the World, even though we know in our hearts and minds that it's referring to the second coming, which is something we ought to be looking forward to, we ought to look forward to the second coming, we ought to recognize that Jesus is coming back and we ought to be excited about that. We ought to look forward to that. The reality is, is that it, 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 is, it is only possible because he came the first time. Because he came and he was born. If you believe that Jesus was born and lived and died for your sins and was raised again, then you ought to rejoice that he's going to come back. He's going to come back for you. Jesus is, is this is the reason why we celebrate at Christmas. Christmas is all about Jesus being born. It's not as simple as a, a, a baby being born because that happens every day, right? You know, babies are born every day. So what's the big deal? Well, he wasn't just a baby. He was God in the form of the baby. I taught yesterday, the men's breakfast, we had a men's breakfast yesterday, and 
And the message I taught was relating to the wise men, you know, the wise men that came. You know, they came to worship a baby. Why would they do that? Because they knew who he was. They knew he was God in the flesh. Radical. He was the fulfillment of God's promise to send a Savior into the world. Did you know that God promised that? You know when he promised it? Right after sin broke the world. Genesis chapter 3, he promised to send a Savior. And every December 25th, we remember that. We celebrate God keeping his promise. Why did God do it? Why did God send Jesus? Why did God send his son into this world? Because he was the physical manifestation of God's love. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you. God loves the whole world, but don't, don't forget he loves you individually, personally, by name. You know when he started loving you? Before he created the universe, he loved you. Think about that for a while. I had the worship team, if you would come on up, please. I don't see David. He must be in the back. No, Jeremy's getting him. Yep. He's in the children's ministry, so doing that too. He's juggling two things. Jesus is God's gift to the whole world. But we need to remind ourselves that, that Jesus is God's gift to us, to me personally. Never forget just how personal and intimate God is with each of us. It's never just about the whole world. It's always, 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 always also about me as an individual. God loves the world, but he also loves me. He loves my family. He loves my marriage. He loves my children and my grandchildren. He loves all that stuff. Put a name to God's love. As we're here to remind ourselves of this precious gift that God gave in, in sending his son, we need to ask ourselves, have I received that gift? That's important because the gift is no good to you unless you receive it. And if you've never received that gift, you've never received Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that before we close this service. Jesus is the reason for the season. He is the reason why we can face this world with joy. We can look at the things of this world and still be able to manifest joy. Because we know he's coming back. He's going to fix it all. It may be broken now, but he's going to fix it. How, how well will he fix it? Perfectly. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I'm just looking forward to it. He came once, and he's coming again. And to that I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do come to this time, and we recognize that the world has some weird ideas about Christmas and, and there are some that, that really just really have a problem with it um, because it's too religious or, or who knows whatever weird reason they've got. 
But Lord, we're going to focus our hearts and mind the truth. The truth is that Christmas is about Jesus. Christmas, Christmas is about the birth of our Savior. The Christmas is about God so loving the world that he would send his son down to take on human flesh, to come down so low as to be like us. Lord, we should, we should rejoice in that. We should celebrate that. And I pray, Lord, that as we do that and as we, as we hear these songs and we hear this music, that it would remind us, it would, it would, it would cause us to pause and reflect. And as we hear the, the song, Joy to the World, every time we hear it, we ought to remind ourselves that we are celebrating not just the birth of Christ, but also the second coming, your return to, to save this whole world from the ravages of sin. And so we're gonna celebrate God. And I pray, Lord, that we would all do it keeping you at the center, keeping you at the heart, reminding ourselves, reminding our families, reminding our neighbors, reminding the store clerk that we're gonna run into at the last minute to buy that last pound of butter that we need to finish our meal for the day. Lord, all the things that we're going to do, let, it, let us always keep you at the center of it. And let us remind every single person that we come in contact with that Jesus, you are the reason. Even if it's as simple as just mer wishing people a Merry Christmas or a simple Jesus is the reason for the season, whatever it might be, whatever you would lead us to do. And Lord, if you would open a door for us to share the truth of Jesus Christ with someone, give us the courage to walk through it. And Lord, as we are here today with those who are present, those who are watching online, I would ask, Lord God, if there's anyone watching now or in the future who does not, has not received the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, that they would open their hearts to you right this very moment. There is no other reason to celebrate Christmas than the fact that he came to save us from our sins. But that only works if we believe. And so I pray, God, that you would minister to every single person's heart in this place, that if they believe, that you would, that you would add to their faith right this moment. But if there's some who have not done that yet, have not opened their hearts to receive that, that you would do that in their hearts right this very moment, that you would help them to believe that Jesus did come. He was born. And he was born with a purpose. And that purpose was to save us from our sins. So I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here who has not done that, that you would help them to do it right this very moment so that next Sunday when they celebrate Christmas, they'll do it as a new creation, as a believer, as someone who has crossed over from the darkness to the light, as someone who has, has the hope of heaven because they believed in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so I pray, Lord, you minister to their hearts right this very moment. Help them to believe. And believing that they would receive the gift of salvation, that they would turn away from any sin that they've allowed to control them. They would confess it and repent of it.
and ask for you to help them to live a life that glorifies you and blesses others. Or for all of us, we're here. However we choose to celebrate, Lord, just help us. Help us to keep you at the middle of it. You are the reason of it. You are the, you are the only reason why we should choose to celebrate this holiday. I bless you, Lord. We thank you. And Lord, as we prepare to sing this song, Joy to the World, one more time, that you would remind us that we would look to the future and know the joy that you have planned for us. We praise you. We love you. We lift this time up to you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Let's lift our voices, joy to the world. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing.
for listening to this teaching from God's Word. It's one of my core beliefs that the Bible or Word of God has the power to transform our lives. It's my hope that these messages will help you to do just that and to glorify God and bless others and grow faith. If there's anything that we can do to help you with that, don't hesitate to connect with me. You'll find ways to do that in the show notes. In the show notes, you'll also find links to my sermon notes and other resources to help you in your study of God's Word. Sometimes we do need help to grow in our faith. If there's anything that I can do, don't hesitate to connect with me. I love talking to God's people about God and his word. So send me your questions and I'll do my best to answer them. This message was shared at Calvary Chapel, French Valley in Murrieta, California. If you'd like more information about the church, go to calvaryfv.com. The link is in the show notes. Until next time, Stay in the Word and have a radical week with Jesus.